Good evening. I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, kind of a terrible day in the country and the capital and so on, as I'm sure you've been looking at. And not easy to relax around stuff like that. It's very dangerous stuff. So today, rather than come up coming up with another topic, I'll just do a. Uh, I sometimes call mountains and rivers, but lately more descriptive if I say questions from Sangha and then put a date on it. So then this is a January the first. No, this is January the first month and sixth day and then 2021. Yeah. If you have some questions, uh, any direction you want to go with sitting practice, Buddhism or whatever you want to ask about other than horticulture. I'm not good at that question around that capital situation. Yes, please. Um, I saw while I was leaving your house that there was the situation was going on. That's when I first learned about it. And when I got home, it looked like uh, a woman had been shot and she died. Yeah. And um, I noticed that once I found out her affiliation, it's, it's like I didn't have to care. Like, oh, she was just a such and such. So is there a way to um, to see the texture under the the label or the separation I put on that? Yes. And if I may say it this way, you're actually doing it. You're doing it. You don't you don't have to push it. You don't have to try to come to some kind of a live up to some kind of kind of a, a standard of equanimity. Equanimity is cannot be discovered through standards. It is discovered through receiving. Just receive what's happening. Just receive it, even though it seems all out of whack and, and, and out of balance. But you can't really understand balance unless you look at that which is really in balance. And of course, our society, excuse me, our society and our culture and everything is, you could say it was perfectly balanced because the votes are this way and the votes are that way. But on the other hand, it's a, it's a split. So. I would, I would say, and if I'm ha happy to address you if you have a further question about go take us deeper into that, but uh, my basic response is that this is how it's done. You actually look at it and you notice what a terrible situation it is. And you notice that uh, the, the labels we put on people don't really help. I mean, um, everybody dies, uh, everybody dies and nothing lasts that is compounded and human beings are compounded. They don't think they are, but they are. So everything comes to an end. Death comes without warning as you, if you study the, 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 the four, uh, um, four reminders to turn the mind towards the Dharma. Further questions? Shoto, any more? No bowing. Um, sometimes you've talked about feeling to the center of the earth or to feel deeply. Does that mean that it, will feel like more sensation? Hmm. It might, uh, but the, the sensation that, that I'm, I'm talking about when I say feel to the center of, of the earth is, is a, a very impersonal. It's not about somebody or something or emotions or sympathy, or even though there's all kinds of terrible things going on, it's just a, just a deep feeling. It's just, you'll know what it is. You'll, you'll have an understanding of what it is. You may not recognize it right away, but if that metaphor works for you, and I don't talk about it too much, but feel, you know, don't forget gravity. Feel all the way. I mean, this, we're not separate from anything. This seems like it sometimes. More? Yeah, so what comes up for me is it doesn't meet my expectation of what, what I might think compassion is or like, oh, I, I'm not feeling sorry for this person. So am I covering something up or missing something? I think you're just right in the middle of the mix that we call your uh, Shoto's personality and, and the way you work with your personality. And there's nothing to fix or correct or move around or cover up or open up. Just observe. And your commentary, the way you're asking the question, is just telling me you're just describing what you're looking at. So it doesn't sound to me like you're uh, full of hatred, particularly. You've kind of noticed that it's maybe difficult to feel sorry for that person, but feeling sorry for something, uh, someone is not compassion. 
Compassion is not an emotion. I've said, I've said that I think 38 times now, maybe. I'm being silly, but I'm saying, I keep saying that because it's not an emotion. Emotions come and go. Compassion does not go anywhere. And it, uh, compassion and wisdom are uh, two aspects of the same thing. So about how do I, um, or can I relate to my feelings without comparing them to how I think other people would respond? Well, you're just, it's just part of the way you're describing it is you're just telling me what's happening in your mind stream. You're showing me conceptually what this is and uh, saying, how can I, how can I, you're doing it. This doesn't mean that that particular question or that that uh, kind of inquiry is going to dissipate and be filled up by some kind of an answer or solution. As I sometimes say, it's it's not about understanding the Dharma. It's about studying it. It's not about uh, uh, finding an answer. It's about the question. What is this? Find out. Don't settle. Don't settle for some halfway measure. In fact, and in fiction, you should be looking at halfway measures so you can see they're what, halfway? The ego mind wants to know something, want, want, needs to know. Am I, am I right? Or is this right? Or is it wrong? Or how do I know if I'm doing this or doing that? So that's basically what you're, what you're demonstrating by the question is showing me that you're on the path. Sure about when you say to find out, is there a finding out? Yes, but it, it may not live up to your expectations of what you're what you feel like you're looking for. You may it may not show up as, aha, finally i after all this work and all these three and a half years of meditating, and finally see it. Probably not. What you will find that what you find uh, is uh, is, uh, even traditionally is sometimes called not finding. That's the true finding. I, you actually don't find anything. The, the otherness or the elseness or the, the, the polarity, pardon me, the polarity is, is just not there. It's not that there isn't someone there, something there, but it's not separate. The interesting thing about this, you might think if, if you're not separate from anything, then couldn't you just do whatever you want to do with anybody? No. No, even more respect for boundaries shows up when you, the respect between the boundaries between your right hand and your left hand, between your friend and your foe, the person is easy to relate to and the other person is very difficult to relate, relate to. Not separate. And this is why I, I say over and over again, it's so important to respect not only the confusion in yourself, and one of the ways you do that, you keep taking it to the wall, sit down and find out who you are. Don't, don't settle for my description or anyone's. And when you meet others, meet them where they're at in their confusion, if that's what's showing up, or in their, uh, in their vacancy, or in their, their uh, might be showing up to someone who's, who's maybe kind of confused, but is buying into some kind of way of just covering everything up. So they are always feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Not particularly smiling, but not particularly frowning or complaining about it. How's everything going? Going good, going good. Impermanent. That may last for eight years. So if you meet people where they're at, you as you're meeting yourself where you're at, because you're what, wall gazing, you're sitting down and, and stretching, training, and strengthening that which observes, witnesses, or sees, so that when you get off the cushion, you may feel like you know less perhaps. But when you meet people, you notice that you're, you're no longer as confused about that particular person as you used to be. And you might even have more, um, you could say sympathy or consideration about that person because you see the depth of their suffering is turning into uh, confusion. You know, and how can we see with the turmoil and, and uh, the just the, the deep angst in this country, how can we how can we see the suffering of those people that 
seem to be other than what I buy into. So why this is what we're doing. We're training our mind. We're not separate fundamentally, but you don't have to believe that. But find out, go deep into your own uh, mind stream, your own watch what's showing up in your own mind and look at the suffering, look at the at the difficulty, the struggle that we have, each one of us has in our mind about this or about that or about that person or this or what someone said or what someone else said or what we, what we should have said when someone else said this. Look at that because that is a, to use a fancy microcosm of everything of the world so you can't go out not that you can't sure you can go to the capital i wouldn't recommend that or you could just uh, join into some kind of a, a huge organization that's run by people who have no mind training at all they may have a big education but no fundamental mind training sometimes they're called generals sometimes they're called presidents sometimes they're called uh the corporal guard it's just that area. I'm not I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying that that kind of a labyrinth of confusion that masquerades or, or as organization and as sanity is just highly uh, controlled uh, craziness, sometimes called civilization. The thing about civilization is it shows up pretty good, looking pretty good, doing pretty good, and then it's because of because of the dependent origination, because anything that shows up this way is going to eventually show up the other way. So it's doing that. It's like night and day, war and peace. That's why you hear me say, don't go to war, don't go to peace, don't do anything. Train your mind, sit down, hold still, be as radical as you can with your life, with your mind stream. Did I get to your to your question or your inquiry, or was there something else that I may have missed? It's, it just seems easy to be mystified as to how people can be so crazy and think the way they do. Dependently arisen. People think that they are somebody and whatever causes and conditions arises as a particular person with a particular dynamic, uh, the, the very, way they got into that structure, that milieu of being all for this and not and against that uh, is, is dependently arisen. So you can't find the source for any of it. And then it's even further uh, or initially and continuously and uh, covered up by the belief in somebody, some self who has this opinion, has this idea. And people cling to their ideas and their concepts and their beliefs because you don't have that. Then the, then the, the, the security of being someone who knows something or does something or is on the right side or the wrong or not the wrong side or whatever is threatened. So that's why most people don't want to do this kind of thing. People looking at Buddhism, they don't even have no idea what this is. And you'll notice that if you're practicing the Buddhist Dharma, you don't know what it is because it's a, it's a spiritual path. So you're actually, even though we, we have uh, robes and an environment that is traditional that goes back thousands of years still this is a structure so you can go into that deep uh, um, jungle or uh, frontier called your mind your mind you can actually go into your mind and see what is fundamentally true for yourself if you see what's true it's not about believing it or disbelieving it it's you see it if you see it then you see, that doesn't mean that you wouldn't might also might not also go and uh, jo join the American Civil Liberties Union or or donate your time in some other area to help people uh, with in a homeless shelter. I mean, all the other things that you might do that also. But fundamental mind training is what's important. So that that way, anything you do isn't necessarily trying to squeeze results for your own benefit out of how wonderful you are helping others. Well, at least I'm joined. At least I'm, at least I'm supporting them or supporting them. You'll detect that if you find people that are quite passionate about a particular thing, whether it's whatever side of the particular political spectrum. I don't even want to call it a spectrum; more like a barbed wire fence. But you'll find that people are 
very sure of what, you know, they feel very put upon if you try to discuss or argue with them or because that what, what is coming up there is not their opinion idea. There is no one there. So that is an illusion. So the person that is operating out of a, a concept or an idea or a political uh, structure, it's just about a reference point that helps the person feel secure. It's temporary. And you can't try to argue, try to argue, not argue, but try to discuss that with someone and you'll find out that it's like when they keep saying about them, what the president should do. <laughs> if a president would only just listen to me, but the president listens to no one. He just does whatever he wants to. There is a question on YouTube from Kyle Kirschbaum. He asks, could you address empathy? Bowing. Yeah, empathy is a relative situation. This uh, ego mind, a self-centered uh, aspect uh, can, uh, is, a, is, a, is situational in that there's someone who feels empathy for someone else. Um, if you start to have empathy for yourself, then I could have, we could have a discussion about that. For the time being, it's a, it's a polarity, it's empathy, or like feeling sorry for the, the little animals. They have pictures on television of, don't, they want, they want your money. And not that they don't want to help the little animals too, but if you watch those, they're pretty quite tear-jerking to see those poor doggies. Am I mocking that? Of course I'm not. I'm just saying that they're using that to get money. Now, I'm not saying that $20 out of the 100 doesn't go to help the animals. It probably does. But somebody's making a great living out of that also, more than likely. Do I know that? I don't know that. But the empathy part of it is a, it's a very tricky area. You should look closely into that. Uh, empathy going in a direction like that that's highly relative. In other words, you've been drawn into feeling sorry or empathizing with uh, someone's plight. Um, that's a... Um, it's not always that clear. If you have further questions around that, I'd be happy to address them insofar as I understand what you're asking me. June Shupaui. Yes. A question on YouTube from Robert Swatek. You, you mentioned before consciousness finds its own form. Who is the possessor of that form? Nobody possesses anything. There's no possess, uh, no one who possesses anything. So consciousness is, uh, is not a, a, a being or a self. Consciousness is just a, a, a word for a dynamic that we really don't even know how to talk about, barely, but that we can, um, we can work with that in terms of our own uh, um, situation or meditation practice where we can see the consciousness or see the space by watching what moves in it. And so at first, the first part of that is to watch what moves in the mind stream. And then eventually we see that this is not a conclusion, but eventually we see that that which moves and the space in which it moves are not two different things. If you see that you're liberated simply put. How do I know? I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm barely able to speak. But if you have a question, I'll try. So, Grant? So, Grant Bowing, what do we need to know in order to meditate? Bowing. Need to know what time of the day it is, where your cushion's at, uh, you need to know where there's a blank wall with not much happening on it. No graffiti, no, no rainbows, no paisley prints. Sit down, hold still. You need to know that you need to hold still as still as you can without being rigid and have all those senses open and receive whatever moves. And whatever moves for you or whatever moves for uh, Michael or Kevin or Mo or... Um, uh, Chazon or whomever, whatever move is going to be different because of the causes and conditions. You're actually being introduced 
to the way in which your body-mind complex arises as a living being that seems so convincing. I mean, you actually have a mother, you have a son, in your case, you do. And you have, and they have, a, and there's stories about that. What happened? What, what I had for to eat yesterday? All the relative things that are constantly yammering at you. You're separate. You're somebody. You're separate. You have this. You don't have that. You have that. You can go through doors. You can, you can, if you want to just move your arm, you can. Nobody's stopping you. So therefore, you must be somebody. Misunderstanding, a big one. So what you need to know, uh, as far as I understand it, is find a place to sit down hold still and watch what continues to move when you've done everything you can do gently to hold still. Not, not a militant holding still like sometimes taught. That just makes it go the other direction. It's, it's a misunderstanding. It's not like it's wrong. It's just people, are, people are, who are teaching this just misunderstand maybe in their passion or to, to help. They might, that might happen, but less is better. Less of everything and more of sitting still. Sit still, watch what moves. And if it's uh, time yourself, set up a form so that, you, so that you're not just going uh, on, well, I only meditate if I feel like it. I don't really feel inspired to meditate, so I don't think I will. That would be uh, the, the ego mind, self-centered mind, the, that area of the consciousness that thinks there's some, something that needs promoting, something that needs protecting. You'll notice if you come into contact with some people, some situations where even though you were feeling fine until you met them, suddenly because of something they did or said or whatever, you're upset. You're irritated by something, a comment they made. Even though their comment was, they just happened to be talking about something and then because it triggers that in your own mind stream that has not been seen. You've not actually gotten to know yourself. I'm not accusing you of anything, but you probably spend a lot of time when things get difficult. We have a perfect um, uh, uh, situation in the mind to just cover it up. It's called ignorance. You just ignore it. And you can do that by distracting yourself into other things. You can distract yourself into learning to play uh, uh, the accordion. That would take up a lot of time. So, Corinne Bowing is wanting to know a hindrance, Bowen? Uh, I said the wanting to know that you're asking about, I think just comes out of the human realm, which is just curiosity. We're here, you know, we could just plug along like any old armadillo, but we're a little bit more like a monkey. Like monkeys want to know, or a kitty cat. You have a kitty cat. You know, like what's in that box? Kind of some kind of curiosity about what is, what is that? And you could say, I could say whatever that that's, well, it's because they're, they're predators and that's how they work. They have to find something to eat. So therefore they're curious about anything that's moving. Yeah, cats are pretty good at meditating, except they tend to chase what's moving. And as a meditator, you don't do that. You watch what's moving, but you don't do anything with it. You don't go after it. You don't support it. You don't shut down on it and you don't look away from it or distract yourself. But yes, a little curiosity. And I wouldn't say that it's a, a problematic. Sometimes if, if we get, excuse me, if we get too, uh, too grasping or too greedy about it, then, then that can turn into just more polarity and more flipping around and flipping around and spinning, going around and around, success and failure, success and failure which doesn't show up like that. It shows like things are getting better. Things I'm doing pretty good. This is working out pretty well. Yeah, that one thing worked out. I wasn't sure about that, but it finally worked out. And then that one thing's coming apart. This is so it's, it's, it's a big elaboration, uh, like a 300 page comic book that, that, you know, you don't really remember that this just happened three weeks ago. Just like right now, we're, what's happening right now happened 2,500 years ago. And the one I always saying, mentioning is the Peloponnesian Wars are just flooded with very similar things that are happening now, but it's not limited to that. You can, you can go and look at what happened in Germany in 1924, what was happening there and what was happening in, uh, in Russia and what was happening in, uh, in all the different uh, uh, dynasties in, uh, in China, they're coming and going, coming, you know, people 
<laughs> over overpowering other emperors and so on. And it's even happened in, uh, in Buddhism. The, the, there's, there's stories in, uh, in ancient Tibet where the, just even a few hundred years ago, where one Tibetan uh, order was trying to stop another one because they didn't feel like they were teaching the right way. They weren't teaching emptiness the right way. They were teaching some other Buddha nature or something. So I'm not going to mention their names, but you might already know if you've done any studying. So you can't stop the relative pushing and pulling. It happens everywhere, but you can do it with your mind. You can actually sit down, you yourself, sit down with your mind, like Sogren was asking about, sit down, hold still, watch the movement, begin that training now and never give up until the boundary between meditation and post-meditation vanishes. Then you don't know if you're in front of a wall or not. You don't know if you're meditating or not. You don't even know what meditation is anymore unless somebody asks you about it. And then you, uh, then you respond to whoever asks because you have not abandoned dependent origination. You are dependent origination, showing up as a so-called separate being. You might have to be a snake in the grass, depending on what you run into. And you might have to become, what was that I said earlier? You remember? In Nair? No. No, in, in Nair. Isn't that something that removes hair if you rub it on you? Nair? Yeah. No, I said you may have to become a 16-foot golden Buddha, but you are not confined to anything. You're not confined to beliefs. You're not confined to Buddhism. You're not confined. You're not confined. You're not confined. The walls of the mind are gone, Mukegeko, as it says in the Heart Sutra. No more walls. The ego can't handle that because it needs some kind. It needs to know if it is somebody and if it's doing the right thing or avoiding doing the wrong thing. Further questions? Senchu. Um, you say to observe the way in which we hold on or yes. um, the way in which we're grasping. Yes, look at the grasping, yes. Um, I never feel sure of the way that I'm holding on or grasping. Mm -hmm. And does that need to show up clearly? No. If it shows up clearly, then you're probably not. You're looking at your idea of grasping. It's, it's a, the lack of clarity is awareness. It's powerful awareness to, to know that you don't know. Keep going. There's no conclusion. The stair steps disappear and, and you don't fall. Or if you do fall, you don't hit bottom. Well, you might. <laughs> no, you won't. Angels never. You're an angel. So then that the angels that was that what I called it earlier? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's my walking memory over here. <laughs> Further questions? You're good. Junchu Bowie. Yes, Junchu. Another question, a follow-up question from Kyle on YouTube. Hi. Kyle, go ahead. Is empathy for oneself tricking someone into believing there is a self at all? Does empathy promote the idea of self? A little bit. It's, it's pretty sticky in that area because then you, it may not always happen, but there might be, you could actually have some empathy or, you know, align yourself. Someone's having difficulty and, and feel sorry for them or sad or want to, want to, want to help them in some fundamental way. I'm not saying that's incorrect or wrong. You shouldn't have any feelings or emotions. It's when we, when we, we draw a little credential from that, that we think that we are the person who's, so empathetic with everything we, and we even you'll even you'll notice or perhaps you don't notice uh, but you it may someday notice that when you have anytime anybody's having any difficulty if you feel uh, sorry for them or sad about them 
or, or something, you, you'll notice there's a slight separation of yourself into the person who is sad about the person who's having difficulty. There's a very highly sophisticated and polished form of, uh, of narcissism. Harder to see than the narcissism that where you're fluffing yourself up as some kind of a shiny object. But the kind that's uh, going that other direction, it's, and it's not that the relative situation isn't isn't happening. It isn't. It's not that some somebody isn't in trouble, or uh, whether it's a, a people or whole nations. Or I mean, it's it's hard to read. Uh, it's hard to read uh, the uh, um, the book uh, by. Uh, Oh, I can't think of her name right now. Can anybody think of the name of the indigenous people's history of the United States? Um, no. Ortiz. Huh? Was it Ortiz? Yeah, Ortiz. Ortiz. Yeah. It was. Uh, it's hard to read very far in that at all without getting choked up about it because it's it's so horrible. What, according to this history, what the people in this country, the the generals and the armies and everything we're doing to indigenous people. And, and it's pretty documented. It's like one thing after another, like month after month after month. Dozens and dozens of horrible things. Yes. A question from Carl Graves. You say there is no self or individual to defend. So when they come with the vaccine, will you refuse it or take it? <clears throat> well, I, hopefully they come. Yes, I will. I will receive the vaccine. And what's your follow-up question, which I feel coming? There's no self, but that doesn't mean that what is here is stupid. Of course I will. And, and I hope others will do that also. I mean, the, the medical profession and so on, they're not always uh, totally accurate and correct 100% uh, of the time, but kind of looks like this might be a good thing to do. So I probably would do that if that shows up out there eventually is that was that the question it felt like there's something else behind that because your your preamble there was a uh, no self no just so I'm sensing you have some kind of a what's that called a bone to pick yeah or axe to sharpen come ahead <laughs> in the meantime there's a question from Ben Ben Blarkham Okay, Ben, go ahead. How do we work with speech that evokes anger and aggression? So if, if some, I'm, I'm kind of assuming, and I don't know this, but I'm assuming it's someone else's speech towards you that triggers your anger and aggression. And I would say, uh, first of all, train your mind. Try to see that that which is uh, evoking or that which is being evoked or triggered is your anger. Nobody's pouring... Uh, pouring anger and aggression into you. They're functioning or acting in a certain way that that uh, that resonates with some aspect of your uh, consciousness where there are, where those emotions and those feelings are, you could say, buried or tucked away or hiding out. And they're fine as long as nothing happens. As long as you're, you know, sitting in your cabin in the woods or you're um, busy mowing your lawn or doing something else. But when something comes out of nowhere, sometimes called another person, and they say this, do that, and then they're evoking, or you could say, I would say, triggering emotions in you. Uh, you know, insofar as you can, that that would be a good indicator that you probably need some mind training. You get to, you need to get to know the person who's getting angry. And I would say the beginning part is uh, seeing that you're angry and seeing that it's no one's fault. You know, just about have to realize that fundamentally, no, nobody's doing anything to you. Nobody's putting it in you. It's your emotion. If you don't see that, if you continue to blame the other, uh, it'll be harder to get to the cushion. But you can, if you just persist, there might be other areas of your chemistry where it's easier for you to uh, 
uh, encourage and the mind training. So sit down and uh, get to know yourself so that so that no one else can come along and, uh, and function as a inadvertent or a teacher without permission. They're actually teaching you. That's what it means in Buddhism. When you say you should be grateful to everyone. Everyone is your teacher. Everyone is teaching you. All you have to do is realize you're a student. You need to be a student. If you're a student, you may teach, you may not. But you'll always be a student. And so that means receive, receive. Those, per, those people are teaching you. And one of the things you might learn, just to characterize it a little further, you might really, if you really see that person as helping you, then you might see that that which they're triggering in you uh, is not necessarily, like I said, not being poured into you. But the reason they're coming at you with, the, with that kind of hammer and tong, which is probably what the kind of thing that's hurting you, is because they're so they're because they're so unhappy. They're they're suffering, and the only way, just like all the people who just marched on our, you know, capital, are extremely unhappy. And th this is a way to get some of that anger out of their system, which they they just don't have the not only do they don't have the I'm not saying they wouldn't have the courage, but they don't have the training. They haven't. They can't. There's no one who will fundamentally help them. We have all kinds of people that are very sophisticated and have all kinds of say-so politicians, philosophers, attorneys, therapists, on and on and on, who do it out of some kind of relative knowledge because they think people are just relative beings and don't realize that they are spiritual beings. There are beings who are just temporarily have a body-mind complex. Who you are can't come to an end because it has never begun in the relative way that most of the world shows up and goes down, which is what the Buddha calls impermanence. All compounded things will vanish. You are not compounded. Don't believe that. I'm not asking you to believe it. Don't disbelieve it. Don't tuck it away somewhere. Thank you, Bowie. There's yes. a follow-up from Carl who had the question about the vaccine. Yes, please. His follow-up is, what about all the side effects? I don't know. Maybe you know more about it than I do. Have you, have you taken it already? Do you have a bunch of side effects? Is there, is there a book on the side effects of the vaccine? I've not seen too much of that, and, and I spend probably... I don't know, 50, 60% of my time scanning YouTube. Oh, you? I'm just saying there's all kinds of information out there. And, and some of it relatively could be correct, might not be, but this, this is a really difficult time to uh, really buy into anything, particularly. Just the whole nature of everything is just chaotic. Who's right? Who's wrong? Uh, what is the whole thing? Uh, alternate facts or fake news? Difficult time, but you know maybe maybe what you're uh, asking about there, uh, maybe you shouldn't do do it. I certainly wouldn't try to convince you to do anything. Juzan, how can we see our own ignorance? You could, it's easy to see the, the three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance. It's easy to see, pretty easy to see the passion of the grasping or the desire of the clinging to something or the fixation on something. And it's pretty easy to see the, the aggression or the pushing and the pulling and the shutting down or the killing of something or the destroying. Uh, we can see that. But the, the ignorance, that it, it's, it's, more, uh, uh, it's more subtle from the point of view of uh, motion or activity. So as far as being able to see that, sometimes we tend to see that almost in, and in retrospect, we realize that we, at a time when we thought we were present and clear, we might look back and see there was something was shut down there. I wasn't really clear in what was happening there. So um, um, you have a more specific question? I can go on a little bit, but I'd rather have it come from you. Oh, yes. What is the difference between uh, own dwelling? What yeah. is the difference between um, not knowing and ignorance? Uh, so, you mean the way I use not knowing? Um, uh, specificity, then the ignorance tends to 
specifically shut down on certain areas and open up to other areas. So there's some contrast there. So there's a, a relative awareness, uh, which means there's a relative ignorance, but not knowing uh, is uh, uh, comes out is a very, very similar to a wisdom mind, if not the same thing, because it, it, it's not looking for anything. And so therefore, if, if one is present, which, which my teacher Chogyam Trungpa referred to as authentic presence, you're just here, you're always here. There is no really present moment, but there isn't anything but this. It may be in an apparent future, an apparent uh, past. So the, the not knowing is there, there is no one, there's no one, there's no solidity of a separate being there. So therefore the, the consciousness is liberated. This isn't something that feels like, oh, this fantastic thing, my contra my consciousness is so liberated. No, because there's still a, a, a corpus, a body-mind complex that's still here that sees, smells, tastes, touch, hears, but it doesn't get together and conclude anything. So therefore there's no, there's no, the relative knowing is at a very low. It only, the relative knowing only comes up and knows something when, when that person comes into a situation where because of dependent origination, it, it, it just knows immediately it needs, it's time to fix lunch or uh, coming towards the door, I need to open the door, but it doesn't do things out of a plan or ahead of time. This doesn't mean there isn't some kind of planning going on, but even that is dependently arisen. So it's a good question. If you can take us in that a little further. I think I want to go a different direction, like um, receive. Um, it seems like receive is then the relative version of not knowing. Yes. Yeah. R receive is the practice. Uh, what the, 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 it's ground, the threefold logic, the ground path and fruition. Let's use that one because that's a pretty good model. And you can, this is some way you can kind of remember it. The ground is frustration, difficulty, suffering, you know, WTF kind of feeling about life and about your, your relationships and nothing works and I keep marrying the same kind of person or, or I can't find a person to marry or nobody likes me or uh, all of the various things that show up as suffering or I have this kind of uh, issue or that kind of issue. And then the path is, uh, is to try to see what is the truth yourself. So the sitting practice of meditation, sit down, hold still and watch what moves. And that if you're just <clears throat> watching what's moving, you won't know what you're doing. It, you won't actually, if you start to know, or if you start to have a, a subconscious chatter or something going on, uh, daydreams and so on, you might have to do years of daydreams of watching this and watching that and listen to that same soap opera, come and go, come and go. And eventually, when I say eventually, there's no guarantee and there's no, there's no, uh, there's no result situation happening there. But as you go along, there will be times when there are sometimes called gaps is one way of saying it, or just an open dimension where you, you just don't know who you are, what's going on. And this is called the path. And that's so you have the ground, which is the suffering, the path, which is beginning to look at what is absolutely fundamentally the truth. And it starts with relative truths. So, but we, and so only don't know was what the, the, the Korean Zen, uh, uh, Korean Zen monk, uh, has a book called Only Don't Know Mind, I think that's the name of it, by Sang Song. And uh, I read the book a long time ago. It's a pretty good book. And his way of teaching was just, just, just don't know, stop worrying about knowing stuff. And I, I think his, his teaching was pretty good, but his, his, uh, his energy, I never met him, but his energy was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. I like him. And then the fruition is uh, there isn't anything you don't know because knowledge is no, no longer relative knowledge. So it's not the, the ego mind values the knowledge of this as opposed to what it didn't know and now it knows. So it's a very materialistic approach. Not wrong, but we need it. We need to know um, where, where we can get uh, um, you know, some uh, cleanser or something to be able to clean out the sink. So the very relative things, those are operating all the time in terms of dependent origination, of course. But even in those situations, there's no there's no operator behind it. It just it just functions because we see so clearly what has happened relatively, and we see so clearly what is ultimate. And ultimate is not knowing. And so that not knowing isn't a conclusion. It's just that th there isn't anybody. 
there's no separate being. I mean, you still have a body, you still have ears, you still scratch your ears, you still get hungry, you still get sick, you still have, you, you still have, um, you might even have uh, uh, anxiety about some particular thing, but it doesn't, it no longer happens to an individual. It happens in dependent origination. The whole orchestration is without a conductor. There used to be somebody trying to get control and suddenly, or gradually, or in eight and a half weeks or 15 years, you realize there is no solid self in the skandhas. Form, feeling, perception, and concept of the thinking process and the six sense fields and their objects or consciousness. There's no, those don't get together and say, me. And if they do, it just makes you chuckle. Because you realize there isn't, nothing is threatened. What is real, what is real, fundamentally real, is can't be threatened because it is, it, is, it is not compounded. So it can't be dismantled, it can't be taken apart. Although the path is about uh, deconstructing everything. The five skandhas, the four noble truths, the eightfold path, the 12 links in the chain of existence. And so we're always uh, dismantling everything, trying to say, well, how did this all happen? Well, this happened and that happened and this led to that and this led to that. But the overall uh, seeing of the entire thing is without a witness, without anything being witnessed. It's called non-dual, non-duality. And because of non-duality, what more? Because of non-duality, the very duality that you thought you were solely weaning yourself away from, uh, the, the very non-duality that it looks so real, um, that actually comes back, comes smashing back through the door again. And, and it looks incredibly real because it is, because the, the, the two-ness of it is no longer differentiated. So you're no longer thinking about the material world and the spiritual world. They, they are, no, they're not separate anymore. And I would say it this way, there's no proof of anything and I don't need to prove it. But if you were to pass away right now, your experience of that might be some pain involved, but it wouldn't be as if nothing happened. It's like falling asleep. You remember when you fell asleep last? You remember when you woke up? You know, after you're awake, then you have consciousness, but you not, might not necessarily remember waking up. Well, I think three or four people may remember that, but not many. More? Just underlying, I'm just thinking about the um, what you laugh about. You may awaken or you may not. You, I do. You love that joke. I love that joke. <laughs> it doesn't feel so good. <laughs> well, but, but when you, you don't get the joke. No. Um, because so I, well, well, here's the joke. The joke uh, of the uh, Nagarjuna uh, said in the, in the two thousand years ago, and I can't remember the whole thing. But you may wake, you may uh, attain enlightenment, you may not. And I think that's hilarious because it's it's a uh, it's kind of tongue in cheek, uh, but the way he says it is not necessarily. But what is funny about it is you're already awake. But what's what's happening is. I would say it this way. You may realize that you're already awake and you may not realize you're already awake. You may continue to cover it up for lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. My friends, my enemies, you don't have to do this. You can find out who you are. You have everything you need. Listen to what I'm saying. Sit down, hold still, train your mind. See what's true for yourself. Don't give up. Never stop. What? Underbowing is um, that dependently arisen about the Sure. Yeah. It would have to be, wouldn't it? I mean, if something happened, didn't it? Wait a minute. If nothing happened, then what was it dependent on? That's why, that's how not separate, not one, not two, not many. Not, I mean, all those things are just extra and they have to do with manipulating and controlling the, the life or the environment we're in, being in control, trying to prolong our life as a living being. <laughs> it's not two, and it's not just not two, like there's no life and no death, no Buddhas and no sentient beings. It's not, not just taking those polarities, but everything, this, this polarity, this, this one here that looks so, that is pointed out as being in the material world. Not to. It's also the traditional way this is said that samsara 
or the world of grasping and rejecting and hope and fear and life and death and up and down and back and forth and the whole struggle of suffering and impermanence and uh, is uh, not separate from nirvana or peace. Not separate. It just looks like it. Michael Bowling. Yes, Michael. Uh, you said uh, earlier how it's easier to see passion and aggression. Um, yes. And in terms of ignorance, is there content to ignorance like there is to passion and aggression? Um, yes. Uh, if you were to see it, uh, and there, there's different ways of talking about this, and I might be able to address it if there's different kinds of questions, but the basic one is you see what you were covering up. Uh, my, my, uh, exp my uh, uh, I mean, I could go and give you examples of it, uh, of, of like that, but it's like you, you saw the way things, you thought things were a certain way because you really didn't want to see how they actually are. So you just didn't look at it. Like for instance, if a, if a person were in a relationship and their, their, um, their spouse or their wife or their, their, their uh, husband or something were cheating on them. They might know that, but they just don't want to know that. They don't want, or maybe there, maybe someone is uh, is stealing from them. Somebody who works for them. I had a fellow who was, when I was in business many years ago, was was actually embezzling, and I I just didn't want to know that. I really liked him, and so I I just kind of I don't remember doing it as something that I did, but when it started to come apart, then I realized that I kind of I kind of knew this, but I was somehow it just I really liked him and, and I didn't want that to be true about him kind of thing. It was, it was painful. And Michael, I still, go ahead, please. Michael. Michael Bong, so are we ignoring content when we talk about ignorance? There, there's usually some kind of content that is happening. Uh, the original ignorance that's mentioned in the 12 links in the chain of existence or uh, Vidya, uh, that, that is, uh, that's uh, talking about the primary ignorance, which gets us into the human realm. We're into a, a physical realm in the first place. And uh, one of the descriptions for that uh, is, uh, is there's, uh, at, uh, and it's just a story about it. So, uh, you know, it's a way of talking about something that's pretty ineffable, but it's like, there's an open dimension where nothing, uh, there's nothing at all. There's just emptiness. And then uh, some kind of uh, difference starts to show up. You could say, you could use the idea, the example that I, uh, uh, quite often used, which you'll probably remember, is there. There's hot and cold, and then hot and cold. Suddenly, there's a there's kind of a, a little tornado happens. Hot and cold goes around, so that creates a kind of form uh, made up of positive negative uh, aspects of uh, physical situation, and that's basically leads to consciousness. And how does it do that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the physics of it is, but leads to formations or samskaras and then from there it goes to consciousness and then name and form and then on through the the other uh, uh, eight different things leading up to sickness aging and death and so but that that first area there there's a first uh, it's i think um i could be wrong about this and someone who's has a better memory than i do uh, i think it's called the ignorance born within the, the primer the ignorance born within so there and it's not within you but there's some kind of basic before there is a living being, some kind of basic ignorance that calls, that creates some kind of inwardness and outwardness. If you see what this is, and this, there's no, I'm not promising you anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm talking out of, as I often say, out of what I see, not out of what I know. If I talk, talked out of what I know, I've forgotten most stuff. So I wouldn't be able to do that, but I, I see it. What is, looks like it's outside is also inside. If you look at something and you see what it fundamentally is, you're another way of saying is that you're looking at yourself. Every every student I see looks like looks like uh, I recognize them, even if it's someone I've never met before. And sometimes this shows up in the form of some kind of is there a past life happening there, or did I meet this person before, or I have no idea. It's just interesting. I don't see any strangers. Michael Bowling, so if we um, realize that we've been ignoring content, like that example you gave about someone who was stealing from you, and you said that you liked them, so you sort of hid out from the relative truth of them stealing from you. I did. How does, 
how does realizing that relative situation that you were ignoring help with seeing clearly? It may not. It's just an example. Uh, everyone here has had some kind of something like that that's happened. That's just the way I'm describing it. But to to see that that the the very world that you are in your human form as a person, you are you are uh, you are um, ignoring uh, your uh, wisdom. You're covering up your wisdom because of fear. What if you're wrong? That's, that can be pretty terrifying. What what if I'm just going to make a fool of myself? Uh, and that's where the ego mind comes in and says, "I'm not. You know, I don't think I'm quite." ready to do this yet this is why it seems to be so necessary to have the the this this uh um the buddha the dharma and the sangha the teaching person someone who's done this you have to talk to somebody who's done this am i making claims hell no i don't make claims i don't need to if i made claims that means i'm trying to manipulate you uh, there's a person here that can then come, can come up and say uh i hate you so Sorry. <laughs> Nobody gets that joke. It's not a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. Was that a joke? What was Sokazan saying when he said that? What was he driving at? Was it some kind of secret teaching? Or what is it? was it one of those things that... Uh, what is it? Brett calls swingers? No, it's not a swinger. That darn Brett is swinger mentality. Junju <laughs> <laughs> bowing. Yes. And from Kyle. Kyle. How would you? Kyle. How would you distinguish between a philosophical path and a spiritual path? A philosophical path is constantly validating itself through comparing itself to other philosophies and, and other ideas and talking with other scholars about the nature of the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links and the Chain of Existence, the Six Realms, the Three Realms, and on and on, and, and how this way it works a little bit better than this one. I have a lot of books on this and we study those. And I say it's important to study, not necessarily important to understand it or live up to some kind of standard of understanding. So you may have to start in some area. You're going to have to start in some area. So you understand something very simple, just like the three marks of existence or the four marks of existence, which would be uh, suffering. Everything is in a state of discontent, whether it looks like it or not and impermanence, all compounded things will vanish. And the third one would be, there is no solid center to anything, nor is there a fringe. There's no solid being. Everything is egoless without a self. Ni Swababa is the Sanskrit, I believe. And the, the last one is uh, uh, peace. Those are the four marks. And so you could go into that with your intellectual tongs and your philosophy and, and create things out of that, that are show up as teachings. And I'm not against that. We need to do some of that. We need to, we need to entrain or incorporate or draw in the thinking processes of the mind so that we can even uh, make enough uh, sense to get a person to sit down and waste their time meditating because it doesn't feel like it's very valuable. That's why it works. That's why some, some forms of meditation are very involved and complicated. They're called creation completion practices out of the Zen, I mean, out of the Tibetan tradition. I've done a bunch of those, so I know about them. I mean, it's just not something I read about. It's something I have practiced quite a bit, not as much as some people, but a fair amount. And I'm not saying those are valuable. Uh, you have to do that, or you shouldn't do that, or you just need to do this or that. I would say it's all situational. You may need to do that practice. You may need to stop listening to me and go talk to His Holiness Dalai Lama. Maybe that would work better. So the difference, coming back to your question, is that one uh, is is about you. You see it. One of them is about your awareness, and the other one is about your thinking process. 
may have to use the thinking process to get to the point where you can actually begin to see with your prajna, which is the fancy word for uh, the wisdom that sees through the duality, sees through the symbol there is the sword of Manjushri, the double-edged blade that cuts through self and other. No self, no other. Manjushri bowing. A question from Tanya. Yes, Tanya. How to choose when it seems not possible to hold until a situation appears choiceless? Well, that's, that's pretty situational. Um, okay, I have one word. I think it's Sanskrit, but I'm not sure. It's called stubbornness. Plant your feet. There's the only person that's laughing here is the person who speaks Sanskrit, which is Chisho. <laughs> so I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, when you, you can see that I don't want to really, I don't want to, it looks like I'm being pressured to pick and choose and I don't have enough information. I would say, hold your seat as long as you can. You know, if it's up, if other people are sitting there expecting you to do something, stall. Uh, say, whoops. Time for a potty break. I mean, you know, just, <laughs> sorry, bad humor. But, but I mean, you know, uh, when I'm saying, uh, look, look at the fundamental situation. You're, you're in a position where you're being put upon by situations, environment, other people or whatever to conclude, conclude. So you may have to do that. But if you can, stay, stay out of the mix for a while and try to let things settle down a little bit. Uh, patience or don't do anything unless you have to is my way of saying it. And that way it gives us a chance for the dependent origination that, that, that might be scaring you into jumping to a conclusion about something. It's allowed to move this way, move that way, get larger, get smaller. And then, then at some point things might open up in such a way that you actually start moving in a direction that you may not have done had you concluded too soon based on panic, based on somebody else and pressuring you because you need to pick, you know, you need to decide where you're going to go to college at, or you need to, you need to get a job. No, you don't. You need to get a job. <laughs> Ever had anybody tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to do that. Come here, we'll support you. <laughs> get a job. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you get here, we'll put you to work building windows. <laughs> scrubbing floors. Any further questions? We, we're past uh, time, so uh, if you want to quit. Is there a final question? I could take maybe one more if there's one real swinger out there. Huh? There are a couple more on YouTube. I can um, just read the next one. Fine. Read, read the one that's the, the really interesting one. <laughs> uh, it's another question from Carl. Okay, girl. The question really is, if there is no individual self, does it matter whether you have a procedure or not? Does it still affect you when you are not grasping or are you not identifying with the thing? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, how can I respond to that? succinctly. I can. But I can say, um, get a teacher. If you're if you're at all magnetized into this situation, by listening to your questions, I'm not saying you're not brilliant. It's not a, not a compliment at all. It's just a description. I can tell you're very intelligent. Again, not a compliment. Get a teacher, otherwise your mind will continue to take you in discursive thought, circles and circles with, I mean, you might be able to write books on philosophy or psychology, you might be very good at, at looking and analyzing situations, but um, death comes without warning. Find out who you are before your body, speech, mind goes back into the elements, because it's coming. It might not be for 70 or 80 years, I don't know. You're a young person, sounds like you're pretty young, but I don't know. I used to work in a circus where I guess people's ages. 
I just about starved. Because <laughs> everybody seems like they're the same age. And that's because I just kept saying the same age over and over again. Did you guys ever guess people's weight? <laughs> that's also not a moneymaker. <laughs> okay, I guess we could close. That's a pretty good dedication. Pretty good one to end with. We're going to dedicate the merit so you guys can help us out here and make sure we save all beings. <clears throat> Starting with us. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sotokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 